This is Because I Said So, parenting advice with love and leadership from the nation's leading parenting expert, John Roseman, syndicated columnist, author, conference speaker, and the only psychologist to point out that psychology has caused more problems than it has solved. From American Family Radio, here's your host, John Roseman. Hi, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, John Roseman. The show is called Because I Said So four words associated with a traditional and biblically-based approach to the raising of children, which is why I use that as the title of the show, because this show does, in fact, reflect a traditional and biblically-based approach to the raising of children. I am a heretic outlier psychologist. If you want to find out more about me and my parenting and family ministry, you can go to my website at johnrosemond.com. So as many of you, uh, or as those of you who listen to the show on a regular basis know, I rather relish the fact that I am the thorn in the side of the mental health professions in America. My goal is to hold them accountable for the untruths that they are dispensing from behind the cover of their impressive capital letters after their names and their impressive titles. And mind you, I am licensed by the North Carolina Psychology Board to practice psychology. So I'm an insider to the mental health professions, and I absolutely know what I'm talking about when I talk about the many untruths that uh, they dispense. So coming back or circling back around to the issue of parenting, as we call it in America today, many of you in this audience will know because you were there and you were old enough to at least in retrospect understand what was going on or what happened, uh, as the case may be, um, you know that America radically altered the way we raise children in this country in the late 1960s and early 1970s at the behest of mental health professionals who claimed without a shred of evidence to this effect, they snatched the claim out of thin air, they cut it out of whole cloth, they manufactured it, they invented it, that uh, traditional biblically-based parenting was psychologically harmful to children. And that in order to protect the mental health of future generations, we had to radically alter how we raise children. We had to alter the understandings that formed the foundation of the child-rearing methodology that had prevailed in this country and, in fact, in Western civilization since the founding of this country and since the founding of Western civilization, which goes back to Okay, this is biblical, you could call it trivia, but it's not really trivia. Who founded Western civilization? Ding, 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 ding. Right or wrong, Abraham and Sarah. And, and this is interesting, folks, that there is no evidence whatsoever because childering in Western civilization was based on biblical principle, God's word. There is no evidence whatsoever that over several thousands of years since Abraham and Sarah, that the understandings that formed the foundation of the raising of children 
in Western civilization, which came out of the Middle East, changed at all. And mind you, times were changing. And then along in the late 1960s and early 1970s, and I was there, I was in graduate school, I was in college in the late 60s, 1965 to 69, and then I was in graduate school until 1972, and I was there when all of this was happening. Mind you, I didn't understand what was happening. I was caught up in what was happening. It was a very intellectually exciting time because... My generation, and especially those of us who were in psychology school at the time, we really did feel that we were changing the world in in uh, remarkably positive ways and uh, even bringing about a parenting utopia. And, of course, the end result of this has been a complete mess. The mental health of children has been in free fall here in America since uh, we began embracing psychological versus biblical principle in the raising of children. Statistically, the mental health of today's children is 10 times worse than the mental health of children who were raised as I was in the 1950s. You know, along these lines, one of my favorite uh, biblical passages, scriptures, is Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, and uh, I believe this is the ESV translation. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understandings, and you can, with theological correctness, insert into that sentence, lean not on your own, parentheses, or anyone else's, for that matter, end of parentheses, understandings. Acknowledge him, this is verse 6, acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will keep your paths straight. And, you know, our parenting path in America was reasonably straight before we began listening to people like me tell us how to raise kids. Now, who can say this, what I just said, with more validity than a person who is a member of the professions in question, the mental health professions? And the answer is no one, which is why, circling back to something I said earlier in the program, I am, I believe, the, capital T, capital H, capital E, thorn in the side of the mental health professions in America today. I am the thorn in their side. And in fact, that is my intention. The mental health professions have been a wrecking ball in American parenting. The result of their advice has not been parenting and family utopia. It has been parenting and family chaos, anarchy, disorganization, dysfunction, disorder, and tragedy. Just in the last six or seven years, the uh, suicide rate among Teenage girls has nearly doubled. The suicide rate among teenage boys has increased by something like one-third, one-half. And relevant to those statistics is the fact that I have yet to meet someone my age. And I went to high school from 1961 to 1965. My high school in the suburbs of Chicago, Proviso West High School, contained at the time 5,000 students. My graduating class 
1965 contained 910 students. I have yet to meet someone my age who remembers a high school classmate committing suicide. Uh, We do not remember girls starving themselves. We do not remember fellow classmates being removed from school because of drug abuse or alcohol abuse issues. We do not remember fellow classmates being removed from school because of what then would have been termed a nervous breakdown. We do not remember high school classmates uh, cutting themselves or doing anything even remotely similar to that. We do not remember high school classmates taking drugs for things like depression and anxiety. And teachers who taught in the 1950s and early 1960s, without exception, report that uh, things like attention deficit hyperactivity disorder were not issues in their classrooms. And by the way, the uh, elementary and high school classrooms of the 1950s and early 60s were, by today's standards, criminally overcrowded. And yet we outperform today's kids at every single grade level. And by the way, we were burdened, if that is the word, with mothers who, for the most part, would not help us with our homework. So I ask, why are we listening to these people? Why, when it comes to the raising of children, are we listening to Dr. So-and-so? And so now the question can be asked, and it's a very valid question. Well, John, you are one of the people in question. Why should we listen to you? Well, because the people in question are dispensing new ideas. They are dispensing postmodern ideas concerning children and child-rearing, whereas I am dispensing old ideas. I call myself the great parenting plagiarist because, in fact, I've never had an original idea concerning the raising of children. I believe that I have been given a gift of being able to articulate in a compelling way, hopefully compelling way, and I am told uh, by many people that it is a, in fact, compelling manner, the principles that undergirded traditional biblically-based child-rearing, which basically expired in this country in the late 60s and early 1970s, when we began listening, once again, to people like me tell us how to raise kids. Now, now, really, folks, you, you got. I mean, to to sort of wrap this up, you need to ponder the significance of this irony. Ever since American parenting parents began listening to mental health professionals tell them how to raise children, the mental health of America's children has been in free fall. The mental health of American children is today a complete and utter disaster. Uh, Do these people change their tune? No, they don't change their tune at all. They keep recommending the same stuff. They keep saying the same stuff. It doesn't change. It's like they're not paying attention. It's like they can't put two and two together. The first two is their advice 
The second two is the mental, the deteriorating mental health of the American child over the last 50 years. They can't put it together and see that, hey, this deterioration is predominantly, primarily their fault. I'll be back in a minute right after this break. Stay with us, please. So welcome back to the show. Uh, I've been talking about the uh, disaster that uh, what I call postmodern psychological parenting has been to the American child, the American parent, the American family, the American marriage, the American school, community, and culture. It's been a disaster. And by the way, this just occurred to me. Before I go any further, somebody recently asked me through an email, John, why do you continue to talk about this issue? Why do you continue over and over again in nearly every program to talk about the disaster that has ensued from American parents listening to mental health professionals tell them how to raise kids? And my answer to the individual was, well, if you asked Rush Limbaugh, why he, over and over and over again, talks about the disaster of liberalism to American society, American culture, he would tell you the same thing. This is the most important issue in American parenting, and uh, that's what I say. Rush Limbaugh would say, this is the most important issue in American culture. Now, he and I are both, the only thing we would disagree on is, What is the most important issue in American culture? I believe the most important issue in American culture has to do with this disaster that has ensued in American parenting as a result of listening to mental health professionals. And I say that, and I wonder if he listened to this, if he would agree or not. I say that because I believe that the strength of a culture in this case America, depends primarily, predominantly, upon the strength, the viability, the correctness, if you will, of its parenting practices. We were a strong union prior to the American parent beginning to listen to mental health professionals tell us how to raise children And our unity in this country has been deteriorating ever since. The strength of parenting has been deteriorating. The strength, the mental health of the American child has been deteriorating. And the strength of the unity that is required in order to be a viable, strong culture has been deteriorating. And I believe that all of those factors basically stem back to the fact that we are no longer raising children in a correct fashion in this country. And of course, you know, there are people out there who are raising their children properly. I I mean, I know some, but uh, I will also tell you that they are few and far between. And I will also tell you that they are regarded as somewhat weird by their peers. Because when you raise children properly in America today, you stick out like a sore thumb. 
So anyway, a, a fellow recently asked if I think any of the parenting advice that's come out of the psychology and related mental health professions has been worthwhile. Has any of the advice been worthwhile? And he had just heard me speak somewhere in America on the many problems I believe are traceable to what I call postmodern psychological parenting. It's postmodern because it's relativistic, do your own thing. It's psychological because it's based on bogus psychological theory. And the term parenting implies that it's a technology, which it is not. Anyway, that's my term, postmodern psychological parenting for the current child-rearing paradigm that American parents began embracing at the behest of mental health professionals in the late 1960s. So my answer to the question, has any of the parenting advice that's come out of psychology and related mental health professions been worthwhile, was no. When one's first premises are wrong, then almost everything the person in question contends is going to be wrong. If the person in question throws enough darts with a, with a blindfold on, however, he is likely to hit the dartboard on occasion, but being correct about something will be an accident. So, as I've already said, postmodern psychological parenting is founded on psychological theory, more specifically three schools of psychological thought, humanism, behaviorism, and Freudianism, all three of which consist of unverified or disproven ideas. Humanism proposes, for example, that high self-esteem is a desirable personal attribute, an idea that has been conclusively disproven. It has been discovered, in fact, that people with high opinions of themselves, high self-esteem, lack what is called emotional resilience. Think millennials on college campuses after the 2016 presidential election having to go to safe spaces because they were so upset and cuddled teddy bears and puppies. So again, people with high opinions of themselves lack emotional resilience. They tend to underperform relative to their ability level because high self-esteem is essentially an entitlement mentality. People with high self-esteem believe anything they do is worthy of merit because that's what they've been told. You know, if they scribble on a piece of paper and bring it to the teacher, their parents, uh, they are told this is great. It's, uh, it's uh, brilliant. And as a consequence of that, when you believe that anything you do is worthy of merit, you are likely to underperform rather than do your best. And that is what the research currently shows concerning people with high self-esteem. And by the way, people with high self-esteem, for similar reasons, are pro in other words, because it's an entitlement mentality, are prone to abusive and other antisocial behaviors when things don't go their way. Because people with high self-esteem believe what they want, they deserve to have, and they believe because they deserve what they want, that the ends justify the means. So going to behavioral psychology, which is the current paradigm that is used in the discipline of children in this country, 
Uh, No one has ever proven that behavior modification works reliably on human beings. Behavior modification is a Darwinian proposition. The proposition in question is, listen carefully, this is Charles Darwin talking through B.F. Skinner, the father of behavioral psychology, the same principles that govern the behavior of an amoeba, planaria, rat, and dog also govern the behavior of human beings. That is clearly Darwinian. Darwin's theory is bogus. Behavior modification is bogus. It does work on dogs and rats. It does not work on human beings. Why? Because of something called free will, choice. And the fact that behavior modification does not work on human beings goes a long way towards explaining why post-1960s discipline based on a behavior modification paradigm, based on the idea that you discipline a child simply by manipulating consequences, has become so difficult and often seems so ineffective. And then you go to Freudian theory, and nothing Sigmund Freud, the father of modern psychology, ever proposed has been verified. He was a self-deluded fraud. Freud was a fraud. The begging question then becomes, why are his theories still taught in graduate-level psychology programs? Well, these theories are taught in graduate school psychology programs, even though they've never been proven or in some cases have been disproven, uh, because if they admitted that these theories are bogus, they would end up with nothing to teach psychology students. Once again, I call myself quite often the great parenting plagiarist because I don't dispense new ideas. New child-rearing ideas have proven themselves to be a disaster. Child mental health has fallen off a cliff since the 1960s. Raising children has become the number one source of stress in the life of the average American mother. And behavior problems in American schools have gone through the roof. The further problem, as I see it, is that America's parents and educators continue to turn to mental health professionals for solutions to these very problems. Excuse me? These people's new ideas created these problems. When a child's grandparents were the go-to experts, when parents experienced a parenting bump in the road, things held together reasonably well. And the grandparents in question, by the way, might not have had more than a high school education. For all of the above reasons, I advocate for the old way of doing things. The notion that an old way is better than a new way is anathema to some people. But the people I know who are raising their kids the old way, meaning they have no personal electronic devices, computers in their rooms, video games, These are children who have daily routines of chores. Their parents put more of an emphasis on character development than achievement. These people are having great success. These parents aren't stressed out. Their kids are polite, responsible, and hardworking, and no one is seeing a therapist or taking psychiatric drugs. I mean, folks... That is my consistent observation of people who raise their children the old way. 
They are doing well. Their children are doing well. Their families are doing well. No one is seeing a therapist. No one is taking a bogus psychiatric drug. But perhaps the best thing about the old way is it makes sense. The old ideas don't strain the brain. It is probably, in fact, a general rule that the more difficult something is to understand, the less valid it is. In closing, my fellow Christian brothers and sisters, consider that psychology is the most atheistic profession in America. Thanks for joining the show. I broadcast every Saturday afternoon on American Family Radio, 6 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Central, and so on and so forth. Once again, thanks for joining us. God bless you. God bless your families. Hope you can join us again next week. Same time, same station. Bye-bye.